Welcome to Sudbury Scrub, a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community, season four. So, uh, had a we got some fun news today, but first, quick recap: I did have a game against Jaden yesterday with his sisters of battle. Uh, he does have some fluff of them being Gene Stewart cult, but they're not quite Gene Stewart cult yet. And we had a match, and I ended up uh, getting totally tabled, and Jaden. And I actually failed to kill any units whatsoever, which was just crazy. Uh, Jaden was making saves like an absolute champion. Multiple turns where uh, an exterminator with a bunch of plasma cannon stuff just couldn't kill a five-man unit of girls. They just, uh, all the vulnerable saves just, oh, you know, definitely he made the vast majority of them. Uh, which, hey, some days that's how the dice simply roll, right? There's nothing you can do about it. So, I do think that I could have made some better decisions, though. I think if I had played as the defender, it may not have mattered if I was able to just kind of play extremely defensively focused. Um, I may have been able to put myself into a better situation of not dying and trusting the resilience of my units a little bit more. I thought one unit was like all heavy, uh, melt guns uh, or multi-meltas, um, but it was just a single multi-melta, I guess, in the unit. So that, I, I definitely made a mistake uh, for how that went down. That's why I thought, he, it, I won't get into that part. But yeah, it's uh, uh, I think I could have played that better for myself, um, even with the dice rolls going the way that they did. And that's an important way to look at things after you have a game like that, where it's like, oh man, things really went poorly for me. Oh, the, you know, you can blame the dice as much as you want, but there's usually still ways to win even when the dice are against you. So you want to try to identify those because they will simply still work even on the days that the dice aren't against you. That's just the way it goes. Actually, my dice rolls that game were really fine. I think my dice rolls were, were really on point, but uh, that's where, yeah, sometimes, you know, things just don't die when they should. So, um, the cool big news today is about all kinds of changes coming up in 9th edition. Games Workshop has said, hey, Tactical Marines, they're all going to be going up to two wounds in their codex. They're saying, oh, we can't keep the lid on this any longer. You know, we just have to tell people. I think it's because the the uh, internet's just been releasing document after document after document from all these new uh, unboxed units that show all these crazy new rules. And they're saying, okay, yeah, jigs up. This is the case. This is what's coming out the pipe. We've got uh, two wound tactical marines coming up. Eventually, there will also be two wound chaos marines and two wound gray knights and stuff like that. Those won't hit, apparently, until their own codex hits. But at least in the meantime, these other guys will be having an increase in their points in order to help balance that out. So, yeah, chaos marines, you are kind of uh, on, on the back burner there. But chances are you'll have your new codex soon enough. You're usually one of the early ones out of the gates, being one of the main antagonist factions. Um, and at least the tactical marines will pay more. And I bet primaris are going to go up to three wounds, because they've kind of always had that one wound over their uh, smaller brothers. Um, and I can't see any reason why that wouldn't continue to be the case. Uh, we've got bolters that are going to be changed up. They're all going to have the longer range now, kind of like how the current... Intercessor, intercessor bolt rifle works. Uh, it really does look like the the range is going to change. We are seeing a consolidation, a convergence, I would say even, to where eventually all the old marine models uh, may still 
just be kind of rolled in and say, they're all Primaris now, they're all just Marines now. That may be the future of that. But enough with trying to figure out and trying to plot out what Games Workshop is going to do in the future, because guess what? A lot of times, I'm wrong on those things. So, you know, that's... Who, who cares? Maybe, maybe that happens five years from now. Who cares about five years from now? Let's worry about today. So what's going to happen with these changes that are coming down the pipe? What may be happening, and how can we try to incorporate that into our games better, right? How, how can we be prepared for it? Number one, I would say this is definitely one of the reasons why, uh, going forward, I am trying to magnetize absolutely everything I ever get, because you never know when things are going to change and be vastly different from before. Um, and a well-done magnetization job means you can't even tell uh, that something is magnetized, which is uh, the ideal scenario. And so you can find a lot of videos online for doing that. I highly recommend doing it. And magnets now are very cheap too, which is great. Um, for these things you're seeing, so if a lot of things change over to wins, I think a lot of things are going to change over. Not just tactical marines, not just chaos marines, not just gray knights. I think we're going to see a number of other units change over to two wounds. I was hearing people online saying that, hey, in Age of Sigmar, um, not a lot of people, I heard somebody, they're just random poster, so green, not not just a grain of salt, but dump truck of salt here. A lot, uh, that person was saying that in Age of Sigmar, a lot of beefy infantry get two wounds each um, for a lot of armies, and it's their frontline troops, and that helps create a certain dynamic. And there's the thought that this might be happening in 40k as well. If your basic marines are going up to that kind of profile, what else is going to also go up in profile? We're going, we are seeing that a number of the Necron units are going up to toughness 5. Now that's not a new, that's not an extra wound, but that is an extra point of toughness from what they were before. So that is going to make it real a lot harder to chomp through those uh, those Necron bodies. I'd say going up a point of toughness is not quite worth a wound, but it is worth more than... It, it's it's still worth um, quite a bit. I'd say uh, going up from toughness 4 to 5 is about the same thing as if you had a toughness 3 model gain a wound. You're, you are gaining a considerable amount of health, um, but not always relevant. But we could end up seeing other things that have a similar kind of increase. Where are we going to see that? I would really hope that we're going to see that for other things that are known to be a little bit more deadly, a little bit more chunky. Uh, orcs, for example. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing toughness three orcs that are two wounds each. I think would be actually very much in line uh, with their stats as presented. Because it's not that they don't die, it's not that they don't get hurt. Orcs get hurt just about as well as anybody else. But a lot of times they just kind of shrug it off, because if you were two wounds each, you would be shrugging stuff off too. Oh, that's right, I hate how this thing merges right here. Why does it merge right here? I do not know. Alright, um... Ugh, I hate this spot. Anyway, sorry about that, folks. Um, you know, what else could we end up seeing? Uh, Sister's probably gonna stay at one wound, toughness three, because they have the three up armor save. They're more like your little regular infantrymen, um, you know, guardsmen and stuff, they're not going to go up to two wounds or anything like that, they're going to stay at one wound, but uh, you could see warriors, warriors are currently three wounds each, are they going to go to four? That's something that could definitely end up happening. Are they going to go up to toughness five? That's something that could definitely end up happening. 
um, you know, I think they're going to get one of those kinds of defensive boosts. I think we are seeing, I'm hoping that this is an increase in defensive health across the board, because what's going, uh, how is that going to change things? Well, for one, uh, close combat gets better in this kind of scenario. It's just harder to kill somebody with shooting. You're still going to deal a lot of damage, even if it's all in wounds and stuff like that, if, if it's all in the points, uh, you're going to deal a lot of damage, but you're not going, it's going to be harder to take a unit fully out of the game. It's going to be harder to do a squad wipe. That's really good for Necrons, who their whole thing is not, especially, at least with the rules as they are right now, um, that's a big deal for them in that when a unit of theirs is not wiped out, they have a much better chance at coming back to life and refilling up their squad and having that we'll be back action um, work out in their favor. So that's something where being really tough, having really tough infantry is really good. And they just don't have a cost-effective way of having that across an army, especially with their basic infantry not being that. A change here, if all Necrons suddenly went up to toughness 5, would be a big deal. Suddenly we would be having... Uh, Necron warriors that are just uh, a lot harder to put down a whole squad of at a time. And so uh, there's much more likely chance they don't all get wiped out and then they are surviving. They are uh, keeping around there. Um, where, what else could we end up seeing? Well, we're seeing the weapon values are also changing. Plasma is only going to overheat on a natural roll of one, not a modified. That makes a lot of sense with all the negatives that are coming out. It's not there yet, because right now if you have a minus one to hit, um, then you die. Uh, you overcharge your plasma and you and you die on a one or a two. Meanwhile, if you have a plus one to hit and you overcharge your plasma, you never die, because apparently you figure out how to keep it how to make it really strong but still safe, and then in which case you just always overcharge. And that's something that, uh, with this change, that would go away. So both, this makes plasma just kind of a bit more uniformly, not as, uh, sorry, uniformly both more and not as deadly, uh, depending on what's shooting with it. Uh, if you have access to a lot of rerolls, it's obviously better for you, because having getting out of those situations is just better. Uh, but, you know, if they keep the wording of you just straight up die when you roll that one, rather than, you know, suffering a mortal wound or something like that, then these Primaris Marines are going to be very cautious, a lot more cautious, I think, with them, because they're not going to have a plus one with it, right? They just going to flat out die. Same thing for Chaos there. Not a bad thing. Multi-Meltas. They are going to be going to two shots each, even for the basic ones, not just the Eradicators here. Um, and they are going to be plus two to their damage uh, when they're at the half range rather than roll 2d6 pick the highest. Uh, some people are saying this is a fantastic change, I'll gladly. Some people not as much. I honestly think it's kind of a, a fair trade out and uh, I think it does kind of capture the idea of it a bit better, uh, especially when it's just like, hey, these are now just more reliable damage dealers and when they spike, they spike high. Getting eight damage out of a Meltagun when it is within half range is going to just be huge when that happens. But at the same time, at the very least, you'll get three. Whereas with the 2d6, even at half range, there are, time, there are a lot of times where you can roll double ones, double twos, double threes, and it's just like, eh, oh, that didn't just didn't deal what I needed it to deal. Oh, well. But now it's like, okay, even three is the minimum. Um, 
and chances are you're getting more than that. So that's that's really nice. Uh, we have bol heavy bolters. This one I'm not 100% sure what's going on with because I thought I saw some things online saying that they were just one shot now, but two damage. I, I don't know. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, how what? So I'm jury's out. But I mean, at the very least. From what Games Workshop said, they didn't. The Games Workshop's own thing said they're going all up to damage two profile. It didn't say anything else about anything else about their profile. So, um, you know, there is still this. I'm going to say hidden information. We don't yet know the full scope of it. Maybe it is one shot. Maybe it's not. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's a rapid fire weapon or something like that. Again, the image profile doesn't really seem like that, but we're going to find out. Um, any case, uh, maybe it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but a heavy bolter, yeah, damage two, which is a really big deal for uh, shooting at two wound targets, which again, there just could be more of. It's good at shooting at one wound things that have, uh, you know, a six up feel no pain. Like I probably should have overcharged my stuff yesterday one shooting. Cause see, there's another thing. I could have done better had I simply overcharged my stuff and been more acceptable of more accepting of the risks involved for doing so, just to make sure those sisters don't, uh, you know, randomly roll a bunch of six up feel no pains, which is exactly what happened. See, I could have just mitigated some of my risk by doing that, and I didn't. And with two damage heavy bolters, you'll just always be able to help yourself against those situations. Uh, heavy flamers are going up to 12, all flamers, they said actually, are going up to 12 inch range. Great! I think this is really going to be this more than anything else is really going to help out flamers. I've been uh, I've tried out the 12-inch flamers with the Adelan Incinerator or whatever it's called for the bikers. Um, it's not the the greatest weapon in the world, but that 12 inches absolutely makes a difference. And there's no time that somebody's charging me that they're ever not within 12 inches, which means I actually get to do the thing with the thing. Right? <laughs> I actually get to uh, do the auto hitting on Overwatch, which if you have a unit, a model that's going to have a bunch of heavy flamers, then it's just going to be, hey, you're in 12 inches, you're charging me. I'm going to save my uh, my Overwatch thing for this. Uh, these weapon changes seem like they're going to roll out immediately for everybody for these common weapons of the Imperium. Um, now, for Xenos and stuff like that, yeah, you're getting weapons changes. Chances are, though, you're going to have to wait for your codexes to come around for those. Those ones are not going to be changing right away. And that really is going to suck for a lot of armies that don't get their codex right away, but have things that are identical. Uh, for example, the Tau have a Flamer, and I think it's just called a Flamer. And in fact, it's probably then you would think affected by this rule change, which says all flamers are getting this ability. So maybe that one qualifies. But at the same time, it's a Tau one. Maybe it's not, right? And when the Tau Codex comes out, maybe they'll call it something else. An Ion Flamer, maybe. Who knows? Their Games Workshop is fickle like this. Um, but at least for the moment, that 12 inches, I think, is going to be a big, big deal. Uh, so, oh, you are parking right in front of this driveway. What are you doing? Thank you. Alrighty. So, that's the episode. Uh, there's lots of fun stuff coming. I'll fill you in on some more details as we get them. This has been Sudbury Scrub saying, keep on wargaming.
you know, I wanted to keep chatting about the change with the Marines. So here we are, recording again as I drive back to work the next day. And uh, I'm trying to think, like, when we were chatting, was I saying how, what the situation is kind of like? And I, I don't think I did. So, what this situation feels like with me right now is very much feels like the start now of 8th edition. And that's something, actually, I'm very excited for. And I've, I'm really glad. And it's something that, that really kind of helps calms me and, and makes me not so nervous on what's going on. This guy's doing 35 and a 50. That's that's fun. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, uh, alright, where was I? There? Okay, right. Uh, yeah, so at this... A lot of people that are listening, you guys haven't really been in the edition for quite as long. At the start of 8th edition, the last edition, there, the game seismically changed. It was hugely different. And it was really different in, in a lot of really good ways, because the game had become really unfun to play. 7th uh, edition, I think, was one of the lowest points of the game. And with 8th edition changing, like, just the way units worked changed. Like, the, ba the basics, the core of the game changed. Not With ninth, the core of the game is still the same, even if, you know, some of the, the, you know, even if the missions are different, even if a few of the kind of outside mechanics are a little bit different, but the very foundational mechanics of the game were changing with 8th edition. And so all the new, all the units in the game had to get kind of re-released new data sheets to adjust to this. They all had to have movement stats. Uh, there were a bunch of things like we could kind of predict, but like damage. Damage was a new characteristic. Uh, wound profiles. How many wounds would something have? Because before that, it was armor value, so vehicles only had, like, three hull points before. Um, they didn't, they only had effectively three wounds, and those wounds are a lot harder to take off. And now we were changing to this new system where vehicles had toughness instead of armor, and they had, uh, like, ten wounds on a rhino instead of three. And the big things beforehand had, like, six health points, and now they're at, like, 24. It was absolutely crazy. So everything had to get redone. And at the time, one thing that didn't exist was stratagems, relics. Uh, we had warlord traits. Uh, like, there were relics in the game, but uh, they, they just work very differently from how they work now. Uh, and again, they weren't... I think you know, back then you had to pay for relics, uh, and you could just kind of take any of them. There was no real limitation on it. Uh, and the relics also generally weren't great. But stratagems were a thing that didn't even exist. And... Characters changed. Used to be your characters had to actually like be a part of a squad, and as part of that squad, they gave that squad like they shared some of their abilities. Um, these, oh yeah, it, it, oh man, I don't. Oh, it's giving me conniptions just remembering how all these different ways of things interacted. And then you characters could join units with other characters in it, so you would create these like Death Star units where it's like this one unit has all the benefits of everything, and in many ways, like. It, there are some of that stuff right happening right now, but these units were just 
uh, with some of the other things in the game, these units really were uh, at, at a level you would not believe. You would, you would only ever hit them on a six. You would only ever, uh, once you hit them, they had a two-up, rerollable, invulnerable save. It, it was crazy. It really was. And on top of that, they had these other characters in the unit that are also now benefiting from these other abilities, and they're giving their abilities to the squad, and it was just... It was ridiculous. It was not a good addition. But, um... Point is, so, all that had to change, and with this big change, uh, the first Codex now looked like something insane. And, of course, the first Codex was Space Marines, because Space Marines are always the first codex of a new edition. This one really kind of challenged whether that was going to be the case. Um, and so it looked crazy because, oh my god, here are these space marines who are already doing well in 8th edition. But yeah, at the time of the indexes, nobody had a codex. Space marines were doing well uh, because you would take a bunch of vehicles. Uh, you would honestly take a bunch of the Razorbacks uh, if you could because they were very cheap, and they still gave you access to a lot of weaponry. Um, and you would take, you know, whirlwinds and predators and stuff like that, and you would put them all close to Gulliman, who would give them full rerolls, and that was a crazy strong army lesson. Here was this thing saying, hey, by the way, there are all these chapter traits now. Traits didn't exist before. That was something, yeah, that didn't, didn't really exist. Like, there were, but... They didn't impact the game nearly as much as traits do now. And these traits seem so strong because of that. Here was... Everyone else had none. And now Space Marines have this. Everyone else has just the core rulebook stratagems. But Space Marines have this. In fact, uh, during the first... During the BPO of that time... Uh, the first two years of BPO... Uh, within 8th edition... We had to, uh, we felt we had to provide some uh, stratagems and relics that if you didn't have a codex, you could use these. And although some of them were very strong, some players used them in ways that we didn't expect, um, I don't think any of them were totally off the rocker. Um, I don't think any of them were absolutely insane, and some of them were things that kind of just made their way into codexes anyways. Like, I, we had a fight twice stratagem, right? We had a shoot twice stratagem. These were things that a lot of armies got in some way or another. Um, the main difference being that we were a little bit more lazy fair with what could have access to it. It was just kind of like, well, you could. And now, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the other stratagems that came out later on were far less restrictive. Because Space Marines had one that was like, you get to fight twice, and it doesn't matter which Space Marine unit. You could use it on a Whirlwind through to uh, Gulliman himself. So, um, that's kind of the one that we modeled that after. But that's kind of the thing, right? It seemed like, how on earth, everyone was kind of saying, how on earth are you supposed to beat Space Marines? Here they are, already good, and their new codex is about to come out, and they're going to have all these things which nobody else has. It's going to be domination of Space Marines. 
And for to, to be totally honest, um, for about a month, <laughs> that felt like a little bit like the case because yes, they had things that nobody else had. And then, and there were still some other extremely potent combinations of things. Not a ton. Um, Imperial Guard had some good stuff because at the time their comms are, you would kill one guy and your unit was fearless rather than it being uh, kill a guy and you get to re-roll the test. So that was, uh, that was, that became a big change for them, but that was very useful for them because they could really kind of block off and deny objectives. And again, just the mission style was also very different from what you were trying to grab and what you were trying to do, um, where it still benefited, I think, the Marine players in those cases, but not not as much. Um, well, it's not like it is now, and I really like where it is now for, for where, object like, now and at the end of 8th, I like this, the mission style where it's like, killing is good, holding spots is better. Um, whereas 8th was, like I said, more about taking, ninth is more about actually holding. And you know what? That's a fine little dynamic shift. It's a big shift, um, but at the end of the day, it's still about holding places, and I like that. It's still about getting somewhere and, and territory. Battlefield territory, which I think is a really, really healthy, really fun way of looking at the game. Um, but yeah, so that lasted like a month. And then other codexes started coming out. There was the Chaos Space Marine Codex, which has always felt like a watered-down version of the regular Space Marine Codex. But at the time, it was very... It was still much more in line. Uh, there was there were a few items that were like, oh, man, this is the same thing as the, Imper the Space Marine one, but worse. But then there were others that were like, well, Veterans of the Long War. Space Marines didn't have that. That was an amazing thing. Um, endless cacophony. Space Marines did not have a shoot twice stratagem, so this was a big deal. <clears throat> so there, there was, there were these things that were like, oh, this could be really good, and there was, like it really was. So, uh, whereas for the Space Marines it kind of felt more generic. For the Chaos Space Marines it was like, well, generically a bunch of the stuff isn't as good, but specifically a bunch of the other things are better and because armies are usually made out of specific items and not just a random smattering from the codex did mean that the chaos space marines started coming out on top and there were other things that were going on at the time too things that the game didn't expect to be good because it was a whole new edition and the rules were almost entirely really unknown for people um oh yeah there was the malefic lord spam there was all kinds of crazy things and that helped keep some of these um, codexes that were overpowered only in the sense that no one else yet had a codex in check. Well, I find that we're really in a similar situation now. Um, everything in the game, the game itself has changed, not as much, not as drastically, like I said, as from 7th to 8th. But it has. And everyone's been reset on some points. And the same thing happened at the start of last edition. Everyone got a new points value for the edition. Um, and here we have everyone getting new points values with the Munitorum Field Manual. So, granted, a bunch of those points are, you know, they just kind of feel 
a bunch of them feel, well, they just added this percentage on it, which may be true. But there are a number of them that were like, whoa, why did this go up so much, or why did this go up not nearly enough? There may be some things that are being changed very, very shortly. Like, for example, heavy bolters and heavy flamers, having these different stats and getting closer together. Um, and that is something I think I covered in the last video there, or last audio, last podcast. There we go. So, if you're thinking about this like, oh my god, this is total power creep. I mean, yes it is, but at the same time, uh, it's a power creep that's been well-trodden. Um, it's not just that one. Like, it's not just the change from 7th to 8th that I'm comparing it to. There, there are so many times where things do change like this, but uh, definitely them having all the new points values for things and saying this is a really big change with these stat lines actually makes me feel better because uh, I know that's really only going to be, uh, you know, within half a year, a bunch of new codexes are going to be out. A bunch of the base, a bunch of, of the main factions are going to have a codex. And if they all get this kind of, even something similar to this treatment, where they have a bunch of just a really big changes to how a unit works or functions, uh, then we're going to see, I think, a really fun game come out of it. And hopefully this also brings, like I said, I think this is a good opportunity for Games Workshop to bring Space Marines a little bit more back in line. Um, and they can make those excuses with increased wounds on a bunch of things here. Different weapons that have very different values and stuff like that. So I, I think it's overall going to be very good. And despite the fact that this may, like, it's just hard to see after so long of the year of Space Marine, Space Marine, Space Marine, Space Marine, Space Marine. And now it's like, all this new stuff, Space Marines. It's like, okay, we're, we're drowning in Space Marines here. And so that's why I think it, it's hitting some people extra wrong. I think if we had gone half a year of not as much Space Marine stuff, uh, if COVID didn't happen and maybe the, the competitive scene did adjust, or maybe if Space Marines just weren't already so strong with their last codex, then, you know, to the point where it was like, well, there was this other kind of mix going on then I think a lot of people would be really excited for this, because then it would be like, oh, look, this is changing, this is changing. How might the game change? Whereas right now we're kind of saying, oh, this is all changing, it all looks really amazing, and I guess it's just going to mean that we're just still going to be playing against Space Marines all the time. <laughs> and uh, that's where I think people are falling into this on, and I don't think it's... Honestly, I don't think it's true, but it's an easy way to start thinking about it simply because of the environment that we're in. So, looking forward to it. There we go. I'm, I'm at work and everything. Um, thank you for listening to the extra long episode. <laughs> Sudbury Scrub, saying keep on wargaming.